Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. This week's guest is a personal friend of mine, and I invited her onto our show, not least because she has made the incredible journey from recruiter to marketing. And as we all know, most of you listening in the recruitment world are marketeers within our job. So I think we can learn an awful lot. And the other reason that I invited Sally on is because her business is fearless marketing. And let's face it, we could all do with being more fearless in our jobs. So this is Sally Rasmussen, who is the founder of Fearless Marketing and personal friend of mine. She's also a niche sector provider within the care community. And we do actually talk about that during the interview, what we can learn from what is an intrinsic part of culture, the care home community for the older people in our world. And let's face it, we all know somebody that's going to be within that system, what we can do to support that system. And then we focus and concentrate a lot of the conversation around how we can become better recruiters, better marketeers, showing gratitude and how we can maximise what we do on LinkedIn. We also have a really interesting discussion around AI and chat GPT, something that Sally and I talked about in real life earlier on in 2023, where it put the fear of God in me. But it's a really useful part of our discussion today and how she truly believes that you can become fearless in your expert area, regardless of how long you've been doing your job for. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. And I really hope you enjoy getting to know Sally. We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates, and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn, and sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content, and the scheduling capability to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes and for business development too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions, or senior appointments, and then alerts you to this daily. Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, 
click on the link pager.co to book your demo and remember to mention the recruiters recruitment podcast when inquiring now back to the episode this is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I'm so excited to introduce to you our global community today, somebody who I have the absolute pleasure to know both on and offline because she is a friend of mine and I want you all to get to know her better because I think we can learn so much from guests who are not just sat in our recruitment space but have maybe once been sat in our space and have gone on to other things. So without further ado, Let's welcome to our community today. This is Sally Rasmussen. I hope I've said that correctly, given that we're friends. Um, and Sally is the founder of Fearless Marketing, and she is a strategic care sector marketer and mentor and coach. So welcome to you today, Sally. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a real pleasure. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So you have made the career journey from recruiter to professional marketer. So tell us a little bit about that journey and how you maybe came into recruitment and then fell out of recruitment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because actually I fell into both recruitment and I also fell into marketing. Um, so that seems to be a bit of a thing um, during my career. But I became a recruiter, as I think might have happened to quite a lot of people um, when I went for a job interview. Um, and I turned eventually turned the job down. And the guy that interviewed me said, actually, will you come and work for me? I want to set up a southern office um, uh, for my recruitment oh. firm, which I did. Um, and it was amazing. And you learn so much in recruitment, the resilience and the get up and go and the keep getting up and keep going. Um, <laughs> but it's tremendously interesting. You meet so many different people and you gather such a lot of skills that honestly have been the foundation of my career. And it was a very long time ago. So there was really no nice laptop. It's nice of you to say so. What, what sort of recruitment were you doing? So it was a niche recruitment uh, company and we specialised in the food industry, oh. which is where I come from. So I studied um, food science with economics and marketing at university and then joined one of the big graduate schemes. And when I came out of there, was looking for, you know, what's next. Oh. And I left big corporate because I just hated the politics of it. Oh. So um, I went to work for a very small firm and I made a big impact, which was um which was great. So Fantastic. I was able to, in the same way that you do with marketing, then you can um, take what it is that you know, and then you apply it somewhere. So it was that kind of credibility straight away, because I knew about the food industry. And I actually recruited kind of people like me into those first line management oh. jobs. Um, so um, yeah, I was I was pretty lucky. However, luck comes when you work hard and I, know, I had the food manufacturers directory and I started at A and it was this massive book and it was 28 <laughs> calls an hour and 28 calls an hour and you're going to speak to four people and of those four people one of them's going to have a job and it and it it's works. tough but it does work and, and can we just pause before we move on because there will be a plethora of our community listening today who are we, we do get feedback from a lot of people who are at the starting point of their recruitment journey this is how recruitment was. You, you had to make the volume of calls. And that's where I think LinkedIn has changed how we sell because you can now put a post out and thousands of people will see it. But actually, you just said a really important sentence there. It did work because it meant you were getting to know people through making those dials. And you were so relieved when somebody picks up the phone that you were just so happy to speak to, to a human. <laughs> 
actually of those people every hour you would speak to somebody who had a problem that you were capable of solving yeah exactly and so and and that makes you feel good when you repeat that kind of thing and I and I kid you not those numbers they pop into my head all the time because I now have my own business and this part of you could be a marketing consultant and therefore there's all the client delivery side of it but you have to go out and you have to make that business um, you do. make that business happen. that's really yeah the found, um, so the foundations that you learned in recruitment I mean clearly you were destined to be your own business owner from what you've said yeah. you didn't enjoy the corporate mm. world so what do you think the key transferable skills have been were in recruitment that before before you continue your journey what what do you think they were are uh, definitely that um resilience mm. and keeping on going um i think the fact that you are um you're dealing with loads of different types of people um and you've got to bring it all together and make it happen you've got difficult situations that you've got to resolve um and I think the whole kind of recruitment bit has has always stayed with me um, that I love um, helping people to find the right opportunity. There's a real buzz when somebody takes a job and um, yeah, they feel you, fantastic. You've made that happen. It's, it's amazing. So what so what happened on your career journey after that then? Why, why did you move away from the recruitment market? I started a business, I uh, got married, started a business with my now ex-husband, which did last for nearly 20 years. So it wasn't a um, complete waste of time. Um, <laughs> and then I, when I came out of that, I had a day where I had um, basically left my um, husband home and job all in one go. Um, and luckily spoke to somebody who, who famously said to me, I need some help with a brochure. He was about to open a second no, a third care home in his group and um he wanted some help with the brochure and he thought I could do that um and I kind of went oh yeah okay great great um and we started working together just on a bit of a freelance basis and I said to him at the time I'll help you recruit a marketing manager because this is actually quite a big job there's a lot to do here because yeah. marketing touches lots of different areas areas of the business and in care it touches very closely with recruitment because you want there's a lot of competition for mm. uh, recruitment within care mm. so um yeah I said to him you, you need to you need somebody for this and he said no no it's you it's definitely you um wow. I think because I'm quite I build relationships sort of pretty quickly and pretty easily and um bit of a people pleaser so that always um that always goes down well whenever <laughs> anyone says can you do this yes of course I can yes absolutely no problem she's a yes um, woman <laughs> uh, yeah well hopefully a bit less so now but you try and live and learn don't you, um, you do. but yeah that's that's how it came about and I have loved working in the sector because it is full as you would expect of caring people really humble kind compassionate people mm. and that's why I've stayed in that sector and I've done some marketing consultancy work in in different areas which I have also loved mm. but I didn't feel quite as home I feel at home where um, where I am, which is working with um, with care providers. So tell us about how Fearless came about then, Fearless Marketing, which I absolutely love that name. Fearless in nature, I assume as well. Tell us more about well, it. Well, the, the name is the fact that when I when I started in that role in marketing, I was absolutely bloody terrified. I mean, <laughs> I started marketing at university and I kind of knew what I was doing. Mm. But it's that whole kind of, you have to make decisions. Then you have mm. to stand by your decisions. Then you have to mm. get on with it and do it. And then you have to find out whether it worked or not. And it's really hard. And I think fear is the biggest thing that holds back so many of us from doing yep. so many things yep. that I decided 
that putting fearless in the name was going to help me to be more fearless. And also I, w- I, I wanted to attract um, clients who felt similarly. Um, and that has definitely been the case, you know, back to the whole kind of concept of marketing, which is for me is about, you know, how do you stand out? Because none of us are necessarily delivering any kind of unique service. Mm-hmm. You know, a recruiter is a recruiter is a recruiter. But you are not the same recruiter as the next person no. because you have a whole different set of experiences mm. and you need to, you don't, you don't, you don't necessarily have to work with a, a consultant to kind of tell you these things, but it's really hard to market yourself. It's really hard to look inside of yourself and find and, and talk to people and really understand why do they buy from me? Mm. And that's the biggest thing that I would encourage anybody to do who's trying to build any kind of business and in recruitment where people will, might have a habit of going, oh, oh, well, it's just, you know, same, same, same thing. It's not, you're not providing the same thing. You're doing it your, your way. Your unique way. Mm. Yeah. And so finding those kind of the way of talking to your clients so that you attract your dream clients, the mm. people who pay you on time, the people who value what you yeah, do, the people definitely. who reply to your emails in a timely mm. Yeah, and so on. You know, little things that you sort of take for granted. But let me tell you, not every client replies to emails on time. Um, you know, and you kind of think, oh, I'm scratching my head waiting for a response on that for a, for a week, and then they've been just, oh, I've been busy. Oh, great. It's just setting so, expectations, isn't it? I absolutely love that. I mean, I think it's a really powerful word. Um, I think it, it's very rare that you see a word of to describe somebody's business that actually, without even explaining it you know exactly what that person means and that's what what fearless truly does and I think you know you could, you could have been bold or I think there is already a brazen PR and marketing agency but you know these words to me are so powerful and synonymous with getting things done um, and I think it's really um it creates a cascade effect in the people that watch what you do and see what you do because everybody wants to be seen as fearless but we all have fears and I think you're right I think fear is the greatest thing that ever holds us back as human beings because we you know we came we evolved from fear actually protected us from dying so but what we do in our jobs hopefully (laughs) is never going to actually cause death it's going to actually cause us to learn and to experience possibly failure but nobody ever died from failing at something so I think it's a really powerful um name and actually I'm just thinking now you could set up a fearless recruitment agency watch this space guys I need a partner to do that. Well, I don't know. There are, you know anybody? There are some very interesting ideas that are coming out. And that comes back to the sort of business development thing and mm. what everybody's kind of preferred way of doing things. And yeah. marketing's evolved so much, hasn't it, over the past kind of 10, 5, 10, yeah. 15 years. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's how do you get out there? How do you help, you know, give before you expect to take? Um, so I've got some quite exciting things afoot in terms oh. of um, giving to the care sector what's needed because most of most of the care oh. sector is under pressure um, and short of time, short of resources, short of marketing skills. Oh. So um, I'm looking to create a community of people to um, support some of those providers who Fantastic. actually just don't have the cash 
to be putting mm. into the marketing that they should be. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be quite exciting. And I think um, that there will end up being an element of recruitment to what I do. So I already help clients to recruit because mm. part of the service that I offer because, um, yeah, more, that once you've done a strategy and a plan, everyone goes, oh, okay, right, well, can you implement it? The next part of the action plan is to go and hire somebody to do it. Plan. This is what you've got to do. Mm. And it's kind of like, okay, there's all these different things. So I love that part. And then the dream client then keeps me on to be mentor to that person, which is um, which is what has, has been happening. So it's like this so, holistic approach to it, isn't it? And I think that... Like a full rec- circle, so it's... Yeah. Totally. But that's where I think, if I think about what the biggest threat right now to any recruiter, I don't care where you're listening to this, whether you're recruiting engineers or whether you're recruiting chefs or whether you're recruiting care workers, whether you're recruiting recruiters, the biggest threat is that you will, at some point, potentially be replaced by a form of technology whether that is ai whether that is somebody using the ai which is let's let's be honest and the only way you will protect your job is to continue to have that human interaction the relationship led side of what we do and the transactional way that recruitment has evolved over the last 20 years is reaching its almost anticlimax really because actually that is what that that swathe of transactional recruitment will get replaced by technology it's as simple as that because there's no influence and i think those most successful recruiters that i see the really high billers but the ones who have endured the ones who have got the stamina the ones who've still got passion after a period of time are the ones that are holistic and what you've described there where they it's peer-to-peer recruitment and then it's you become this mentor and you take them on this career journey and then you help them build their teams and I knew we'd learned so much from your, you have got a very unique perspective in in a very niche market, which forget everything else. We all need to do more to help the care sector. Because like you say, I mean, it's, you know, ultimately we're all going to know somebody who's going to go through the care home system at some point, or, you know, an age, we're an aging population at the end of the day. What do you think? Who's looking after me going forward? And how are they recruiting those people? Where's the next generation Mm. of care professionals coming from Mm. because it's not a career necessarily that a lot of us would encourage our own children to go into because it's a really hard way to earn a living it is and brexit obviously brexit removed you know hundreds of thousands of people from the community that you probably populated a lot of care homes for for the reasons that you've just given there so you you are a niche sector and you're you're a sector that's you know, hopefully, you know, totally shrouded in kindness and care because that's the very nature of what it does. What What do you think recruiters have synonymously had quite a uh, interesting reputation, let's say, over our evolution? What do you think we can learn from the individuals in care that you see that are either pioneering new ways of doing things? Because I know we've talked in the past about people doing things from a technolo- technological point of view, but also attracting talent. How innovative is the care sector and what can we learn from it? I think that they're at both ends of the scale. Okay. So they do some things absolutely brilliantly and they Mm. do some things not so brilliantly. Okay. And I think there's a tendency to kind of moan and complain and say, we don't get enough people uh, through the door and and so on. And yet my, and and, and it it hooks back into the technology bit um, for me that says you can have a machine that will sift out Uh, CVs and it will spit out reports and it will give you you know 10 phone calls to make and all the rest of it 
but the human connection is where it's all at. So when somebody, when you put in an application through Indeed or through any other, you know, methodology, um, the person who will win the person coming through the door for an interview is the one who picks up the phone. Mm, yeah. Every time. And I saw, I saw something really good the other day about somebody who had um, sent, uh, sent a little postcard out to people that said, thanks for coming to the interview. Those details are what make you stand out from the others, and they will help you to bring the best people um, into your organisation. And then you have to continue to do that, which comes back to your values, which leads into your marketing department, of course. Um, But I think that um, generally in in the care industry, there's a kind of, um, yeah, people are people have a habit of kind of maybe blaming other people and and going, oh, it's so hard, it's so hard. but there are people looking for jobs and we all know people who have been looking for jobs and you kind of, well, you don't, you send off 20 applications, you don't hear anything back these days and that's normal. Mm. That's not right. The expectation is all mis- misaligned, isn't it, from what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and it's, um, uh, oh, great. Um, sort of new friend of mine, actually, that I made on LinkedIn. Um, she talks about um, treat, treating your employees as if they were volunteers. So actually, you know, properly being grateful for the fact that they turn up to work every day, you know, show your appreciation um, by just being nice and not taking people for granted and brushing them off and walking past them in the corridor. It doesn't cost anything Mm. to make eye contact, smile, say hello. You you don't have to know every single person's children's names if you employ 150 people. Of course not. You should you can make an effort and you can be smart about these in things. what you just said um, on all the points you just made in this recent part it's all basic manners isn't it that's what we're talking about. you know but the, the traditional or is it perceived as old-fashioned sending a thank you note i love that i often ask my candidates to send a th- you know just send a thank you makes you stand out by doing something that actually it's quite a basic thing to do Show, showing appreciation for people we all know that practicing gratitude is one of the key areas of your life where you can actually add joy but you can add joy to other people's lives just by saying thank you. I appreciate you when they're not expecting it as well. And you see, I, I think Absolutely. it's free, free to do. Let's face it. You you alluded there to making new friends on LinkedIn. So I know that you've become quite an avid sort of prolific user of LinkedIn, certainly since you and I have known each other over the last few years. So what would your advice be for for maximising the, let's not talk about the algorithm because by the time this goes out it'll have changed again so let's just forget the algorithm what about the algorithm i know nothing but nobody algorithm. does nobody so at linkedin knows anything you anything, Alicia. you're like you're like the queen of linkedin wow. however mm. what i see what i tell people to do versus what i actually do uh turning up consistently and trying to be as helpful as you can I love that i think that there's um you you try and help other people uh commenting on other people's comments you know I just put one now somebody was looking for an artist and actually a friend of mine her daughter's an artist right okay link that in so that real human interaction oh my god please don't use AI to actually produce your LinkedIn content unless you are going to be prepared to put your amends in and make it personal make it make it making it you but I think if you're using it as a business development tool, then just reminding people what it is that you do and the problem, pain, challenge that you are solving for them. 
Mm. and make sure that that comes through in the stories that you're telling um, and the information that you're sharing. I think that the the posts that I've had that have had the best traction and actually generated real inquiries that have turned into business for me are the ones where I've really shown um, my in-depth experience. So I've talked about very specific issues that businesses face that Mm. says, so I can help you to be better at this, which means that your marketing will produce the type Mm. of revenue that you're interested in. And you can then go away and do the other things that you need to do. And I think you know, an awful lot of companies, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not recognize the amount of work that goes into, a, you know, a proper recruitment process, um, the amount of time, the amount of effort um, that mm. goes into it. Um, and um, helping people to see, actually, I can take this off your plate. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Pre- preach to that. No, that's really useful. And I, and I love that you give that example. You know, I think that LinkedIn is an incredible platform for us to, I mean, just reiterating what you said before about, you know, we, we are all a community now and we are there to support one another. And that's the collaboration culture that hopefully most people, you know, engage with and are there for, you know, for the greater good. I think, unfortunately, you still mm-hmm. get the odd, personally, I do still get the odd um, keyboard warrior on there. Or somebody that you just think, what are you out to do? And I, I just remove and block, to be honest with you. Um, but I love that you've get that. I think that's a really useful tip, actually, for a lot of people. They become, you know, great um, LinkedIn absorbers. You know, they're there to see what other people mm. are doing. The lurkers, we call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, people get a little bit. I actually shared a post. By the time this goes out, it'll it'll probably be somewhere in my archive. But I shared a post about the fact that a lot of people are, are, you know, creatively constipated because they just have this fear, going back to fear, of I don't want to share, I don't want it to sound like I'm bragging. You might might listen to what you've just said there, Sally, about I share my expertise in this particular area. Oh, well, Sally's bragging. No, you're not. You're not saying, I am fantastic, I do this. It's Let me give this example of what the problem was for my client and how I came about resolving it. And I think so many recruiters do it brilliantly on LinkedIn, where you're sharing a testimony, testimonial Tuesdays, um, where you might share some value, or you might actually just talk about a problem that you didn't solve. What would you do? So it's engaging and creating a debate. Um, I do. I, I love it when there's debate, and and you, you know, I think there are some people who are purposely a bit contrite about it, but I think, and there you definitely are poking the bear, and I just think well, I'll mm. poke you back. So that's absolutely fine. But I think that's really useful. And, you you know, I think you also have a very nice personal um, sort of slant to what you talk about. Obviously, your um, ice skating prowess. Mm. And I think people get to see the real you. So I think what you're saying there, because I want to come back to AI in a minute, actually, because you and I have talked a lot about AI in real life, as in in real life, which is a bit of an ironic sentence. Um, I just <laughs> want to part that for a minute. Um, but I think it's it's creating almost like this holistic story on LinkedIn that, Sally does this, but also does this. It's like everybody gets to know you. I think you've done it really well. That's really kind. It has been a progression. Mm. And I think that has been the story of my business, actually, is that I I always kind of think I'm a person who goes very quickly to the point. I'm quite a commercial marketer. I'm interested in, you know, what's Mm. the difference I'm going to be able to make to your bottom line and all that kind of thing. And yet there has been such an evolution over the past 12 months. 
and that in my kind of approach to LinkedIn as well because mm. I think I did even you know with the fearless marketing and whatever I call myself I'm still absolutely 100% human and frightened like everyone else of, them, of somebody thinking this or thinking that when actually it mm. matters not a jot mm. it really doesn't you'll mm. I, you'll attract the, the the people who are with the you right and mm. the rest of them you're not really that bothered about yeah. so crack on with it I just think that's a lesson in life you know you're going to attract the people your avatar you talked before about your avatar client that's how mm. you should live your life and it's how you should run your recruitment business it's how you should run your recruitment desk if you've got yeah. candidates that are pissing you off, that are unreliable, that lie to you, or you've got somebody in your life, a, a partner or your boss, get rid of them. You do not have to. Do you not do have, not have to. to engage with these people. You can just ditch them and move on. And also just start with the whole LinkedIn thing. Just start because it's amazing fun. And there are amazing. I I have met properly yeah. amazing People you've met real people in real life haven't you like I saw you do that Absolutely. early on in 2023 it's amazing and I have received um I've definitely received referral business from from it and vice versa so um you know it it it, it, it is a full circle Don't, thing again fearless fearless guys mm. she means it so before we finish I have to talk to you about AI because I remember vividly January 2023 we were away in the Yorkshire Dales without other halves and you and I got mm. talking about chat GPT and we got talking about mm. AI and I'm like, oh my God. And I remember our boyfriends yeah. were both very uninterested in it. And I think we just sat talking about the fact that you forgot to bring the chocolate, which made, meant I went sugar free. So thanks for that, Sally. Um, <laughs> how oh, my it is, well, no, it's good because I'll always be grateful <laughs> to you for that, um, as will my body. What have you seen in terms of advantage in your, I mean, we're still at a very evolutionary stage. Mm. For those who are, I've got, I know plenty of people, including Laura Dutton, who's my business partner for London, who will never listen to this, she doesn't listen to the podcast, but is so terrified about the dawn of AI and chat GPT of how it will impact humanity. But from a business point of view, because nobody really knows what, it, what we're going to do in 40 years of it. But right now, for those recruiters and recruitment marketers, by the way, we have loads of recruitment marketers listening. What would your action point be right now of how you can utilize it so it's not that horrendous modernized LinkedIn content I use it for ideas Mm. and I use it for processes so I ask it give give me a process for doing this or that or the other so okay um and I and I use it as a checkpoint that says um give me all the ways in which I would measure the effectiveness of a marketing strategy and then I do a bit of a kind of checklist that goes okay have I included all of that in my report to my clients Mm. so I use it for structure. I use it for ideas. Um, I don't use the actual wording because I still think it's pretty, mine is pretty rubbish. And I've not spent any time learning how to prompt and all those kind of things because I'm a bit busy. But at some point, I might well do that. Mm. Um, you just need you need a bot to do that for you, Sally. <laughs> I just, um, yeah. And, and when I see stuff on LinkedIn, that is LinkedIn that is generated by I, I mean I could spot it a mile away I can spot the people who are commenting oh some, it's terrible it's just like it makes me want to cry actually button that we can press that yeah. kind of is almost explodes it and you That's kind of go no, we're, not, we're just not having it we're not having you but trying it- to 
It's, I think it's. I think those people have very quickly been found out, and I just scroll past them. And I think most people do actually. I think we can spot it. Well, I think the ones that have used it to write poems, it's funny the first time, and then you think, right, everyone else is then copying everything you're doing. Just, I, I love that those two things are what you're using it for: ideas and for processes. And I think for recruiters. I've interviewed loads of people on the podcast in season three, particularly we talked a lot around AI early on in season three um, around the impact in a, in a beneficial way of, you know, creating a role for ourselves where we can use our influence skills. We can use relationship skills and actually what AI and chat can do for us is take away a lot of the time consuming tasks that literally a robot can do for us. It's not about replacing the human interaction or the influence or the emotional side of what we do, including marketing. Marketing is emotional. It's an emotional job. But I think don't be, my, my view is don't be fearful of something. Think about what you can benefit from. And the reality is it is only what you're going to feed it. Like that, right? In terms of from what I can see about this, the, the language. There's only what's out there already. So there's nothing yeah, exactly. original coming no, from it no. but what it does do is it yes. means you don't have to start with a blank page and sit there for ages mm. which used to be something that happened to me and I, don't, I just don't do it anymore mm. um so I'll I will put something into chat GPT or whatever yeah. and um and, and get going with it even yeah, if it's rubbish at least you can go ah, that's not what I want to do point. I just think for it so many people brain. it does it it's just a really way, and you know, the way I see it is that in the same way you would ask your smart speaker to, you know, play a play a music list that's going to make me feel great, or you might say, play me a Sunday morning list. I'm not obviously not going to say her name. Um, that's all we're doing with ideas. <laughs> that's all we're doing. No, thank yes. you, and thank you for as always being ex extremely calm and insightful. And obviously, I could chat to you for hours, but we can't because sadly, I think we'll lose half the audience. But you know, thank you for talking to us today about Fearless and to talking to us about how marketing and recruitment are so wedded together because recruiters are marketeers, right? Yeah, they are. They're awesome. We are awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Recruiters <laughs> Recruitment Podcast. Oh, thank you. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much 
better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. <laughs> 